got me thinking if these companies were to collaborate or again take a a, a concept like Taylor May did with 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 racing with Red Bull Racing and said, okay, we're gonna use that to inspire our design aesthetic for all these things. I want you to tell me what you think about this. Titleist in sugar cereals. <laughs> I know what a guy there who would love to do it. I don't I don't know how you turn that into products that fit with the, the Titleist aesthetic, but <sighs> plenty of whatnot. Welcome back. We're back. We were gone. No putts given. How you living? Week off. Refresh, Tony. Did you sleep in a bunch? Get a lot of rest and uh, all the no. things? No, because, you know, the family was not off. Mm. And you, you know how that is. I mean, yes. You definitely know how that I is. I definitely know how it is. And good news is nothing really happened in the golf world in the last week. So that's all good. But let's get to some big. I mean, there's there's always stuff going on and i get it's kind of we're getting towards not not silly season necessarily but the off season the 28 minutes uh, uh pga tour was off um that is kind of this late september early october bit and some news lexi thompson lpga player has an exemption to play in the shriners which is a sanctioned pga tournament so she will join a list uh does she get live uh owgr points does she get more than a live player probably let's really fire up the controversy let's really do it let's yeah so yeah so lexi gets an invite playing pga tour event we've seen the type of uh thing before obviously uh annika uh famously or, or perhaps infamously i remember her out driving fred funk and fred uh, wearing a skirt the rest of the hole. I'm not sure you could do that today. They make it like it in trouble. But what's your take on this? There, there's plenty of uh, uh, thoughts and feelings both ways. Is this good for golf? It's not bad. I don't know that it's necessarily good. I don't think it hurts anything. Sponsors invites, right? You certainly uh, probably doesn't get the attention but i think sponsors in uh sponsors invites have been used on lesser golfers so i don't yeah i whatever i don't i don't have a strong opinion but i I don't see anything wrong with it yeah i mean i don't expect lexi to make the cut if she did that'd be phenomenal i i don't know i kind of feel like we're over this like we should be past this kind of you can call it whatever you want. I, what I would love to see instead of these kind of one-off situations. Okay, invite Lexi to play. See how she does against the men. Okay, great, and and whatever. Why not some more mixed events? Why not have LPGA and PGA Tour players maybe playing on the same course the same week or something? Right. If if we want to find ways to uh, cross pollinate to help get more exposure to uh, both just golf in general, but also, I mean, world-class female golfers that we never get to see enough of in terms of their playing ability. Could we do some stuff like that, please, maybe, instead of this? Like, to me, this feels old. It feels tired. It feels like, okay, been there, done that. What does it really accomplish? I don't know. Maybe it sells a few more tickets. Okay, that's fine, but... Does it? So I, I'm kind of over it. I think 
I think there are better opportunities. I think it's old. I think we need to try something else. Yeah, like I said, I don't care. I don't. I don't think it's that big of a story. Uh, I do think, however, if an LPGA sponsor tried to use an exemption on a male player, the poo would hit the fan. So that could be yeah, interesting. I mean, it's, it's not a true double standard by any stretch because women have been shortchanged for yeah. quite a while on these type of things, right down to you know, the, the quality of the, the the courses they get to play, obviously prize money, things like that. But sure. yeah, still a little bit of a double standard. But I think you're right. If we could if we had more mixed events to begin with, it would be it would be less of a thing. End of the Corn Ferry Tour season, which there's always kind of this graduation ceremony. I think it's really cool. To the top 30 players at the end of the Corn Ferry Tour finals, they are fully exempt next year. They get their PGA Tour card, and there's always fantastic stories uh, within there. Um, but there's also there's a 30th player. There's got to be somebody that's 31st, right, or 32nd, and there's always these stories of heartbreak, right, and and those type of things. And so, my man Shad, too. I am angry for him, but I want to get your your take on this. First of all, I mean, like I said, there's tons of great stories out there. Look up Tom Whitney. What a great story. He, Air Force grad. I've known Tom for, God, I don't know, 10 years or so, and he has been progressively moving his way up, you know, Latino American tour and then Corn Ferry and then a little bit higher on Corn Ferry, da, 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 da. And it has been this kind of steady, uh, you know, progression of, of progress. Tom has a phenomenal story. Air Force graduate, like I said, spent better part of time, uh, like in this, you know, silo in Wyoming, nuclear weapons, stuff like that. When you're doing, um, tragically lost his brother a couple of years ago, suicide, um, and there are a number, uh, of these stories and, and what Tom has done with that to, um, you know, shed some light on those things has been really, really fantastic. And there's a ton of those stories, but there's also the Shad Tootin situation. <sighs> 15th hole, um, was assessed a two shot penalty after his round and yes, over X number of events. Can you say there's not two shots he, he would like to have back throughout the year, of course. The answer always is, play better. Okay, yep, absolutely, totally get it. But they're playing lift clean in place, right? Or some people call lift clean and cheat, right? But it's a local rule, lift clean in place. He's doing it as he should, replaces his ball. Apparently, it moved forward. He didn't see it. Caddy didn't see it. Nobody saw it. Apparently, based on the fine print and the rule, you're supposed to, instead of playing it from that, you know, whatever, you're supposed to try to place it again. He, rather than trying, yeah, rather than trying to place it again, apparently you're supposed to try twice. And then if that doesn't work, move it to the nearest point that you possibly can. Okay, got it. I mean, He ends up missing, right? He ends up finishing 32nd. Misses out on his PGA Tour card. What do you make of this, Tony? Them's the breaks. I mean, that's the rule, right? What a dumb rule. 
Yeah, and this is this is one of those things where you know he he placed it twice. You're only supposed to place it once, even in lift clean in place. Uh, and I I just feel like yeah he he them's the rules, and so by the letter of it the the penalty was fair, but. At some point, you need to step back and, and understand that for every rule in the rule book, whether it's one that we all know inside and out, or it's one of countless obscure rules in, in the book, right. there's an intent behind it. What is the intent of the rule? And the intent of the rule here is you don't want somebody to get an unfair advantage by manipulating their lie, but you're already playing right. lift clean in place. You're already <laughs> manipulating your lie. So you're yeah, already... you, you already have that advantage. And so to me, this, this one is unnecessarily precise. So again, rules are the rules, but I, know, if, if you're, if you're going by the clear intent of the rule, this is silly. This is what this would is happen. And... What would happen if we went through golf rules and we just said, Hey, let's go ahead and just think about rules where, a player doesn't gain a clear advantage, right? Because typically rules, right? You have to level the playing field, protect the field. You don't want people, you have to tee up in a certain area. Okay, it would be an advantage if somebody could tee up closer. I get it. So you got to tee up in a certain place. It'd be an advantage, right? Generally speaking, if you could do all these things that would break rules. What if you got rid of rules where it, there wasn't a clear and obvious benefit to the player that would be breaking the rule. It is, it is super weird. Why not? You have Why not just lift clean in place. Like this is like, uh, yeah, it, it maybe a rethink on this one, but I'm not sure what the intent of lift clean in place only once. And, and again, you know, it makes sense. You don't want somebody to spend all day going, oh, well, I, I don't like that. Don't like that. Let me move it two inches. Right. Don't like that. Let me let me do it again. So you can see where it could conceivably, theoretically, probably not in reality, get out of hand. But yeah, yeah. Nope. Just, I'd like just to look at the intent of the rule. And here's another debate for you, Tony. This one came up. We're not going to talk. I mean, the Ryder Cup was a number of weeks ago, and all these things, and U.S. got killed. We know that. But one of the topics that came out of that, it, again. Regardless of whose side of the story of Hatgate, Patrick Cantley, these things you you believe should players be paid to play in the Ryder Cup? Should no. they? No, no, no. You shouldn't get paid Why? in the Ryder Cup. You shouldn't get paid in the Olympics. It's again, it's it's one of these special competitions, right? Where you you earn the right to play, like. How many golfers just want to be on that team? You earn the right to play. You don't earn the right to get paid. You you have every right to turn down the invitation if you don't want to play and not get paid. So, yeah, I'm fine with it. No, you shouldn't get paid. Some, Not everything has to be a payday. Certainly, if, if you're talking about the premier international for your country event that it's supposed to be, or right. in the case of the other side, for your continent event, um, right. Whatever it happens to be, no, you should not get paid for that. You're and and you're probably going to get paid some other way, right? Being in the Ryder Cup paid team raises your profile, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. You're you're going to get something on the other end, probably plenty of value for it. So to show up and expect to get paid just for for being there, now suck it. 
<laughs> it you know it's it's an interesting one because I I mean I I tend to go to your side of this one. That's where I ultimately land. But I do understand people say, "Hey, wait a minute! If all these other people around me are making money, PGA of America makes a tremendous amount of money. People that are on staff with PGA of America, etc., that are also there and part of this. It, there's a lot of money going around, and people are getting that money and compensation, right? The players, let's say it's what two hundred thousand dollars that they get to donate to a a charity of their choice. Maybe that charity becomes their own back pocket, you know, in in a way, right? There's compensation, uh, you know, compensation there. I get that in this day and age, a lot of athletes, a lot of people feel that they should be compensated or paid directly for everything that they turn do. down the invitation. You want to get paid? Or, or you're mad because you're not getting paid, turn down the invitation. You, you're you not obligated. That's the thing, right? I yeah, choose you for my team. You, yeah. I can't force you. That's the difference, right? It is yeah. It is still voluntary. The The terms, the conditions, you know what you're getting into. Don't yep. bitch about it. Don't whine about it. It is what it is. And if you don't like it, don't play. Well, and the, and, and the one thing that swings me to that side is, in general, the vast majority of the time, Look at the list of players that qualify for these events, right? They've qualified for these events through their good play. They've earned enough points. They are compensated. So let's not pretend that they're not compensated. Their travel, accommodations, families, I mean, in this case, beautiful time over in Italy, food, travel. Again, talking to average golfers that are out there, you're going, this is awesome. I get a free golf trip with, Buddies, family, trip, right? and friends, yeah. and and all, and especially the and- way they choose the teams, right? They make sure every <laughs> we just here's our core guys. We're going to make sure everybody else is their buddies. That's how we right? got Justin Thomas this time around. <laughs> right. Whatever, yeah. No. And those players, generally speaking, aren't hurting for money to begin with. Their bank accounts aren't so. I'm sorry if I don't get enamored with millionaires arguing with other millionaires over getting more millions. That just doesn't, that doesn't move me a whole lot. I don't think that resonates with don't people play. Don't play. in the world. But, they uh, don't play. All right. Yeah, if you're going to whine, you know what? Let Keegan Bradley have your spot. Let, uh, well, let Lucas Glover have your spot. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Things, other things going on in the world. Uh, just in case you didn't think Tiger Woods was still the needle. What did we see this week? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to which, think like any other <laughs> any other golf ball, any other golfer who could make headlines and stir up the internet and, and create a frenzy by hit wedge shots yeah, <laughs> on a range two, on a yeah. range to no specific uh, target. He's still yeah. the needle. Everybody yeah. hopes he's coming back. We saw the video that was, in fact they kind of talked about it and say, hey. Davis Love kind of said it's his captaincy to lose if, or it's kind of his, if he wants it, meaning the next Ryder Cup that's going to be at Beth Page in New York, where just in case you thought the European fans got a little unruly this year, like, okay. Uh, but do you like that? Just really quick. Do you like Tiger as the next captain of the U.S. Ryder Cup side? I mean, why not, right? <laughs> just as much as anybody else. It's, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, I think the selection process is weird and I'm not, I'm not 
entirely sold on the idea of like you need to have perfect team chemistry and all that stuff because you know other than alternate shot and even that to a degree you know my my daughter she does gymnastics and she just took up diving and we talk about this idea of individualized team sports yeah yeah and that that's what even at at the Ryder cup that's by and large what you're talking about and so you know i Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to get along with my playing partner as long as we're on the, oh. you know, on the same page in terms of what well, we're trying to achieve. So I, you know, and I, frankly, I know it's supposed to be a big deal, but I'm not convinced any of it matters. Yeah. I mean, and, and frankly, what's interesting too is in these individualized team sports, if you'll right, does team chemistry help? I'm sure it does. Is it more fun to hang around players and things that you enjoy hanging around? Sure, absolutely. But when it comes right down to it, the best thing that you can do for your team is to be selfish to a degree, to play as well as you possibly can. And if you play as well as you possibly can, that ends up helping your team, whether or not your teammates like you or not. We could maybe look, I don't know, maybe there was a college team with a player like a Patrick Reed that won back-to-back NCAA championships. And I don't know that the team chemistry was that great. Let's, uh, I just don't saying. know, maybe just uh, we got just two saying. years. Somebody can figure out the AI tools. Let let the machines <laughs> choose the teams. Let How the machines. That? Speaking of machines and teams, I went to Studio B. This is Bettinardi in uh, Tinley Park, Illinois, just outside Chicago. They opened the new Studio B. There's going to be an article here. Should it not be Studio C? Like, we're not. I know beast for Bettinardi, but beast for Bettinardi. we're not we're not iterating and evolving here. If it's the next one in line, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it has to be. I guess you still be pretty cool. No but fun. this thing, I'm going to tell you right now, I have not um, been inside. Uh, Cameron, Scotty Cameron's. Studio. You don't say um, because they won't. They won't. They won't. Every time I go by, it's conveniently closed or not open to you. <laughs> Remember that one time it made it. We made it as far as to see it printed on an on an itinerary, and then, and then it like, disappeared. Nope, not for me. I gotta tell you, this new Studio B is unbelievable. It is part retail shop, so they got all the things that you can buy the shirts and the hats and the things and is it all displayed on fine and fine hardwood cases i rich mahogany and hope so but what's really cool so we went through putter fitting there and the fitters did a great job and and to me on the equipment side what's most impressive about this is just going through the fitting process again you learn stuff i learned some things about my stroke that i did not know before and was able to get some things dialed in but man if you want like i can't they, they didn't fit you for a lab putter right <laughs> they did not this time they didn't fit me for a lab putter they, uh, ironically they fit me for a betonardi putter which makes sense that's predictable but if you want to go berserk you can bait i mean and and, and here's what's kind of cool i guess and this is you can design from the ground up your own putter I mean, you can do finishes. Think about what you might want to do on a putter, and more or less, you can do it, right? And and what's kind of cool, you can't, don't really get that type of experience unless you're A, a tour player, and they really care about you, or B, somebody with these capabilities makes it accessible to the public. And I think, 
you know, I think Bettinardi's kind of saw this as an opportunity to do that. So if you want to literally go in and create your own putter, yes, you have to work within the models and shapes and things they have, but the custom options are, I mean, good heavens, you know, it's, uh, it's remarkable. So check out that article. Dave Wolf and I went through a process. They're happy to answer questions on those things as per usual. There's equipment stuff going on. Let's talk some equipment, Tony. Let's talk about our most wanted wedge testing. This came out a couple uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we'll talk more about how we test wedges in the after show. We'll dive a little deeper into the world of wedges, but as we typically do, let's just kind of round out the top five in our testing this year. Let's work it back from five to one. In fifth place this year, we had... Super interesting top five this time around. So we've got mm-hmm. the number five Cleveland RTX 6 zip core, so that's Cleveland's kind of mainstream i guess typical slash classic wedge mm-hmm. number four cleveland cbx full face two so that's like the the game improvement larger wedge meant to be paired with gi and sgi designs for golfers who want more forgiveness out of a wedge mm-hmm. uh, number and three third? TaylorMade milled grind the high toe version so high i think toe. we're still on high toe i think we're still in mg3 era in the high toe Mm-hmm. I could be mm-hmm. wrong about that, but I believe Number that's two. where we are. It's kind of a surprise here for sure. The Cobra Snakebite X, which is, again, that that larger game improvement, easy-to-hit slash forgiving style from Cobra. Yeah. yeah. And, and number one, which I guess, I mean, at this point shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't um, be, but it is. I'm told we, we can't really say it's the third year in a row because it's a different wedge, but... Taylor made milled grind four falling on the heels of the milled grind three winning back to back years. So this is three wedge tests in a row for, yeah. for Taylor made. And I think like uh, at some point we need to start talking about, you know, not just being underappreciated, but legitimately one of the absolute best wedges on the market. And mm-hmm. But again, yeah. underappreciated because it's certainly not the the first name you think of in wedges. Mm-mm. No, I mean when you have names out there like Bob Vokey, Roger Cleveland, right? Who has hands in, <laughs> in multiple areas. I mean, and that gets us to both Cleveland, Cleveland and Callaway. And Callaway, yeah. Uh, you know, you may not think Taylor May necessarily. And, and again, after show, I got a couple ideas why that might be the case, but. Take a look there in the wedges and let us know uh, Let us know what you think. But that wedge testing is done. We're always evolving, always changing. I would imagine wedge testing is going to look a little bit different next year. I think we'll make yep. some tweaks and changes. And again, little teaser. Stick around. We'll talk about that. Bushnell, Foresight. We know have partnered up because they're all under Vista Optics now. And so whether it's the... We're talking personal launch monitors now, right? Whether it's the Bushnell Launch Pro or the GC3 Foresight, it's the same housing, right? The same foundational technology. Identical hardware. There you go. But now we got different Different pricing models. Mm -hmm. So at the very top, 
right? You got the GC3, which is basically all-inclusive. I want everything. I want all the software. I'll pay for it straight out of the gate. I don't want to have to pay an annual subscription. I'm just going to pay. I'm going to keep it. I know I'm going to use it for five years or whatever, so I'm just going to buy it. Then you have Launch Pro right here. A little bit more of a pay-as-you-go model. Pay-as-you-go, pay-to-play, whatever you want to call it. Pay for what you want. Don't pay for what you don't want. But out of the box, it comes with certain data features. So you're going to get club data. You're going to get ball data out of the box. It's right there. And then you can kind of figure out, okay, on the software side, do I want access to all these courses? Do I want FSX Pro? What information do I want to be able to display? Am I using it for simulation? How much of that world do I want to get into? You can add those different things. Well, Bushnell heard from a lot of people like, hey, that's great, but whew, still, 3500 bucks that's a hard pill to swallow. That's more 100 bucks than I want to pay for anything. It's more 100 bucks. Yeah. What if what if what if I don't want the clubhead data? I know that has been an add-on before, right? Cuz we saw GC, mm-hmm. I mean, going back to like GC2 with HMT, you know, cause Right? HM, head the, the head data came later. Did yet head measurement technology? That's what I'm guessing HMT stood for. I can't remember, but I don't know. Seems reasonable, but it was ball only. So you're going to get things like, okay, how fast is the ball moving? How far did the ball go? How much is it spinning? You know, what is the axis tilt of the ball? What is all that doing? And that was the base unit. And people ask, well, hey Bushnell, what if I don't want the club data? Or what if I'm not sure if I want the club data? Could I get a ball data only configuration and then decide if I want any of this stuff later? They thought about it and they said, sure. We'll do that. We'll do that. And instead of 3500 bucks, it's 1999. 2000. 2000. Especially because you're going to pay tax. <laughs> yeah, it's two thousand, but so it's fifteen hundred bucks less now. Okay, let's say you get it; it's fifteen hundred bucks less. You got fourteen days to decide if you want that club data as well. If you decide within that fourteen days, hey, I want the club data, you pay that extra fifteen hundred dollars, and now you're right back as a thirty five hundred that that upper model would have been. And they go, well, what if it takes me longer than two weeks to decide? What if I'm not sure? What if I want to add it in a month or two months or three months? You can still add it. It's just going to be a little pricier. So it's going to be seventeen fifty mm-hmm. instead of fifteen hundred. Think of it as a two hundred and fifty dollars tax on thinking. Too thinking. long. It's a thinking it's tax. That's your. It's too a long consideration tax. tax, but. You got the flexibility then to decide if you want to add it. If you don't, what does that look like and when? You can still add on uh, the other software packages. Again, if you want to do the FSX Pro, if you want to get into that, if you're going to use it for simulation, you can. Basically, this gives you a lower price point to enter it and say, hey, I don't know. Maybe I want it. Maybe I don't. What do you think? Do you like that, Tony? Do you like that as an option? I do. I, I do. Because I, I think you know, we, we always think about everybody wanting wanting to dive into every possible number. But 
Some people just want these for shot simulation or golf simulation, right? I want to, mm-hmm. I just want to go play virtual Pebble Beach. Some people just want the ball data. Like that That's what you're mostly getting with with the personal launch monitor class anyway, a good yeah. bit of it. You know, you're mm-hmm. not getting a ton of head data from these units. And so to to simplify it for those who want it and at and and do it at a significantly reduced cost because again you're not taking away from somebody else i'm you're not saying you can only have ball data now just giving right. me another option at a significantly lower price point so i'm i'm not unhappy about it and um yeah i like the you know, i think it's 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 kind of an interesting uh sort of i don't i don't know if it's a shift in thinking but we are seeing some changes coming out of Foresight slash Bushnell. Um, so not necessarily paired with this release, but because this is this is the Bushnell world. But if we go right. over to the Foresight world, which is, as you mentioned, sort of intertwined, they they are they have just announced a, a series of software updates. And that's that's interesting just because they typically don't even announce them i don't typically get press releases they don't (laughs) typically send everything over all at once so it's rare you see like everything get updated or most everything so yeah fsx play uh they're kind of their primary simulation platform now has dual screen mode some some tweaked features mostly around like unplayable lies and auto drops and things like that but in terms of value and I think this is probably a reflection of, of what competitors are doing, mm-hmm. but they've upped their number of free courses that are included from 10 to 25. So yep. you now get an additional yep. 15 free courses and another feature that's really cool. And we kind of touched on this a little bit with some of the stuff that TrackMan is doing they like, but there's mm-hmm. now you can, you and I could play against each other now we Yeah, can set up our own little remote match and, uh, Play play live stroke play with up to seven other people. So that mm-hmm. that's kind of cool too. New version of FSX Pro, which is their kind of fitting platform. Yeah. Um, other than general bug enhancements, right? Uh, tweaks right. to improve shot tracer and camera uh, enhancements. And the big one that has been asked for, again, I guess by a lot of people, you can now do ios mirroring from your ipad to a tv so oh cool you know, if you don't have a full-blown simulator environment if you just got a little tv in your studio yeah um, you can take advantage of it and now the big one for me foresight sports app the mobile app update uh foresight's mobile apps have not been great if i'm being honest no. uh, so i'm fingers crossed wait and see but uh several improvements here as well we'll we'll see hopefully we'll see what we uh, got it's better and then kind of the other the other thing that's noteworthy here is some new integrations so you may be an fx fsx user you don't have to be Mm -hmm. you can integrate your foresight your bush now with e6 creative golf and the two new ones gs pro which i believe is kind of a community driven simulation platform uh, relatively inexpensive as well. Uh, your device is now going to work with that. That library alone is 350 plus courses. Uh, it does require PC-based installation, but that's pretty typical of any simulation software. Yep. And then Awesome Golf, which is kind of more fun and games name. from what I can tell, really kind of kid-friendly. So yeah. 
lots of updates from Foresight. Uh, like I said, we'll see how it goes. I'm particularly interested FSX Pro, but definitely the mobile app. Yeah. <laughs> the mobile app. So we'll I think stay tuned because this is such an evolving space. I think we're going to cover this more in depth on, on some other topics as well. But the, the whole idea of, again, screen golf versus on course golf and kind of the dynamics and changing nature of that world uh yeah there is a lot going on there very quickly two other releases to pay attention to coming up here uh ping has a small release of the javi victor hovland pld limited is putter we're talking putters here i don't know if anybody uh is a better ambassador for his or her uh sponsoring company than victor's been here in the last i mean he's Driven a lot of value. He's had a today. good year. Had had a pretty pretty solid year, and I mean, if you had a pick, if I had a pick, a uh, uh, you know MVP of the Ryder Cup. Not sure how you don't pick Victor. Uh, just an awesome awesome year for him. So little little putter release coming there. Check that out, and then also Cobra Air X Irons and Woods, formerly kind of that F Max. Space yeah, that we've is... seen. Now we got Air X. So kind of, yeah. Maybe just give me a quick update on on what do you think about that, Tony? What? Who yeah. Is that uh, so this for? is Cobra's like ultra light, typically aimed at, at senior golfers, and I, I'm puzzled by this one. And I, you know, this could be could be the way it was last time around too. But I just happened to look at the specs today on the irons, and it's like mm-hmm. you know, 43 and a half degree pitching wedge and this is this what, is the so line what, what what is that i mean what is that it's just it's like this is the line that we used to praise right because the lofts were weak and it was it was one of the rare irons that its target demographic again seniors slower swing speed players whatever whoever mm-hmm. you want to throw in that bucket yeah. they could actually get the ball in the air and kind of start to see trajectories that you know they were Maybe saw when they were Sponge. younger. They want to see, yeah. right? Like, right. ball go up before ball it comes up, down, ball right? Go far. Yeah. Uh, right. And so when I see kind of those those stronger lofts, and I know they're going to say, "Well, the CGs are here, and we're using a lightweight, right. flexible shaft." And and I'm going to tell you that you know, should we test these in in 2024, we're gonna we're gonna see probably those heights not be where they want to where they should be for this demographic. I mean, I could be wrong, and and I hope I'm wrong, but. Mm-hmm. As we've seen, we talked about Mizuno earlier in the year and some others. Even TaylorMade has done it, where mm-hmm. these companies that were very much strong loss in their game improvement, super game improvement, have come back and say, you know what? We're yeah. finding out, as it turns out, guys guys can't get the trajectory they need. They don't have the stopping power. They're not hitting them high. And so we're going weaker. And right. it was a situation where you had competitors starting to do what Cobra did and did very well in my opinion. And now you're seeing mm-hmm. kind of Cobra run away and, and kind of go the other direction. And so, yeah, you know, um, I think, I think the driver, the, the, the fairway woods, the hybrids are going to be great for that demographic. The irons mm-hmm. for me, like I said, a little bit of a puzzler open to being proven wrong, but yeah, when you see Stay tuned. a 43 and a half degree pitching wedge for, you know, for the golfer who's, you know, needs height, needs, needs anything but stronger lofts Um, yeah i don't know we'll see put this one in the fun category of things we got a press release not that long ago taylor made 
partnering up with Red Bull Racing, Oracle Red Oracle Bull. Red Bull Racing. Oracle like it's all Red every Bull. all it's the all, things are connected. All lots of words. And I just watched the video. It looks flipping cool. I, my first response is, well, it's race cars, man. It's race cars. Now, what I understand about it is that it's basically taking right existing tailor-made products. So th- these aren't new products, but basically saying, okay, what if we took Red Bull Racing? What if we gave it and, wings? What if we gave it wings? <laughs> and we used all that stuff to inspire the aesthetic and the cosmetics of all these clubs. What would that look like? I'm trying to connect. And here's what it might look like. It's, yeah, I mean, it's aggressive. It's bold colors, you know, oranges and reds and all the things you you would expect for a collaboration with Red mm-hmm. Bull Racing. And I'm sure uh, TaylorMade's uh, had a metal wood, metal wood development. Tomo Bystead is a Tomo. huge F1 racing fan, if I remember correctly. And so you think I'm he's sure responsible he was, for this? I, 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 you know, I don't know if he's directly responsible. He certainly had a part in it. And I'm sure he was I'm just really... Just yeah. really flipping cool and yeah. really enjoyed it. So, you know, whatever. Um, cool looking products. You know, it just got me effectively thinking. new paint. The one thing that kind of kind of caught my attention because it's it's a super weird situation where TaylorMade's like it's announced. It's announced yesterday as you're watching this. If you're watching this on the day it's released, but yep. they're not providing any photo assets just yet. So right. we don't have like really great looks at everything. So you're kind of, we're looking at the video and going frame by frame. I know like pause. A, I tried to kept, I kept yeah. trying to hit pause, yeah. pause and like drag, pause and drag. And the one thing that right. caught my eye was the, uh, the golf ball. So it's uh, mm. a TP five, but it's a, yep. it's a little bit. So it's got the old school, Half of the one half, it's different logos on, on each side, but one yep. half is like the old school tailor made logo, mm-hmm. and then the other one is kind of the Red Bull Oracle Red Bull logo. But it's a right. it's not a colored in stripe, but it's definitely like the stripe design borrowed from Tour Response. And I think I think when new TP5 TPX come out, um, you know, we'll see them next year, early next year. Yeah. I would hope you're going to have a stripe option, but it was kind of cool to see it and go, all right, yeah, this is right. this is where they're headed. Big fan of that. So Here's my question for you, though. So it got me thinking. Speed golf. Get ready to run, Tony. Get ready. It got me thinking. Let's take a couple other major companies, and I just came up with a list here of ideas. If these companies were to collaborate or, again, take a, a, a concept like, Taylor May did with 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 racing with Red Bull Racing. It's okay. We're gonna use that to inspire our design aesthetic for all these things. I want you to tell me what you think about this. Titleist and sugar cereals. <laughs> I know what a guy there who would love to do it. I don't. I don't know how you turn that into products that fit with the the Titleist aesthetic, but. Yeah, my, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't see how you make it work. Josh Talley, who's yeah. been on the show before, is a huge fan of sugar cereals. As am I. I thought. I mean, what you could do with cookies. We, we have a, it's, it's become an annual foods. thing with me and Josh, where the the first one of us who spots the monster cereal for the season kind of gives the other one a heads up. So, yep. Yeah, I think serious sugar cereal business. I love it. All right, Cobra. I think Cobra could do an entire line. On combining names 
of other products. So like we saw this with the Aerojet, right? Where it became our favorite regional airport, you know, fictitious name for regional airport. Do you think Cobra could take names of other products? Could be this industry or other, but largely travel and jam them together. So like just ride the jet, right? Razor yeah. jet. <laughs> right? Could you have Razor jet over here, maybe? What about hyper stealth? Like that could be something, maybe. You could have all sorts of options. Ping Ranch. You could take hat <laughs> names. You know, and just just combine um. stuff. You could even take uh, maybe like historic courses and combine I, the names of them. I, I am I am desperately hoping that when we see the the twenty twenty four stuff from Cobra, that it's it's just like the most basic, simple name. Let's go back to the F series. That's it's not. It won't. It can't be. I mean, but I like that idea. All right, Callaway. How about this? I was looking through because uh, I was at Top Golf recently. I think Callaway could do a whole theme on what I would eat if I went to Top Golf. It would go <laughs> something like this. So I'm going to start out with some warm pretzel bites. I just and then I'm going to and then I'm going to move on to a patty melt with tater tots. So this is all off the menu at Top Golf. And get this dessert injectable donut holes that does for do they inject the the donut holes with urethane microspheres or i hope so i hope so. and a cookie crumble sunday so what do you think about doing like food themed equipment based on a top golf i think i think i think this close as you're gonna get to that is like a uh like a truvis pattern of the top golf menu hmm. light beer for i would heaters, take it by the way. Yeah. I would take it. I think that'd be awesome. Because that is exactly what I would eat there. I love the food there. I I don't know. I think it's great. All right, last one. Ping. I was thinking engineers. And so I kind of put down a list of like some engineering feats that I thought they could <coughs> catalog or use. So pyramids of Egypt, Great Wall of China. The so that, the pyramids, is, that's a great support structure for something, right? Okay. Triangle Great Wall of China. I I think there's options there. The aqueduct of uh, uh, Segovia. Some sort of channel in, a, in an channel. iron, maybe. Yeah. How about the Brooklyn Bridge? I don't know. No, I don't know Hoover that. Dam. The Three Gorges Dam. The Channel Tunnel. Yeah, there you go. That is that's definitely going on the next driver. I'm just saying, I think Ping could do it. What do you think? Do you like do you like this TaylorMade thing though? Do you like the Oracle Red Bull racing? I, am, I don't love every collab because there are some that I'm just I like, like Jesus Christ, what are we nonsense? What are we doing? But, I like yeah. this one. But yeah, no, this is this is this is bright and it's bold. And I think going back like five years ago, even right pre-COVID, if you want to draw the line in the sand of like the mm-hmm. event that led to the influx of new and younger golfers mm-hmm. five years ago. I don't think this is possible. Like it, it's possible, but I don't think it gets done because you look at that and go, Whoa, whoa this, is, <coughs> this is way too bold for golf. Mm-hmm. It's loud. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, yeah, it is. I like it. I would play, like I, you know, based on, based on my freeze framing, 
uh, mm-hmm. and trying to get a good look at the driver. I would play that. I love it. So, yeah, this is good. I know. I think there's options, and I think there are opportunities. And as we said, plenty of wedge stuff to talk about. We're going to dive in that in a minute here in the after show. So if you're all things wedge testing and wedges, stick around. If not, we'll see you next time. We out. All right, people. We are back. Welcome back to the after show, the after party. All things wedge testing. Like we said, we had our most wanted wedges come out. And I want to ask you some questions on this first uh, Tony, but first, let's go through as we have kind of before with our other testing categories. Specifically, I want to know how do we test wedges? Kind of what are the protocols? You know, we've talked with irons and the different categories, how we balance or change the criteria, or kind of how we weight performance into those different categories to kind of mirror the typical user or the typical consumer that might be looking at that particular product. So let's start there with wedges. Run me through how we test and kind of why we test the way that we do. Yeah. So the basic things we look at are our accuracy. So that's for that, we use the strokes gain metric. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it works really well by kind of factoring in whether or not your shot would have been on the green. So pretty straightforward, simple approach to accuracy. Um, for Consistency, it's our forgiveness metric. We look at, um, holy cow, I got to look it up. But we look at things like, I believe we look at ball speed even on a wedge. We definitely look at spin consistency. We look at the consistency of the carry distance to make sure, hey, can I hit that that same number over and over again? And, and I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, probably why we uh, – why we saw some of the more forgiving wedges sneak into the list this year. Uh, and then the last one, here we go. the last one we look at is spin. So and spin, we're not just looking at, at which wedge spins the most, but we, we you know, that, that's obviously part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we know golfers want spin. Um, I'm sorry. So our consistency metrics are actually carry consistency and then the dispersion area. And then the, uh, the spin, we look at full wedge spin, 50 yard wet spin, 50 yard dry spin. And then we look at that spin retention number. What is the difference between the 50 yard, uh, spin and dry and wet. And that's, that's where we sometimes, uh, very often see absolutely massive differences. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we think about, right, when, when we think about wedges, like, it makes sense to me. So accuracy, you know, particularly, because again, with wedges, we're talking shorter shots. Most people would say, let's start at gap wedge and come down. You're looking at 120, 130 yards and in. In a lot of cases, it's less than that. So being really, really accurate with your wedges can be really, really impactful to your scoring. Consistency, obviously, again, maybe even more impactful. If I hit this 105, 105, 105, and then I hit one 113, that's not good. And then, like not, I said, that's typically I mean, great. That's not great. I mean, spin, like you said, it's consistency of, of spin. People want more spin. But we also want spin to account for things like full swings, partial swings. And this is where we see, right, in a lot of wedge technology, 
why you know companies have different groove patterns, right? The width and the depth of the grooves and what they do in between the grooves, right, is to address these things specifically where on partial shots, the way that a wedge is designed and where the CG location is, certainly, but also what is on the face of that wedge in between the grooves comes into play, right? Yeah, and, and it's it's absolutely amazing how much this has changed within recent years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, going back, really, the, the original ping glide wedge, uh-huh. it's kind of inspired the testing. Um, I think we've been doing this three years now maybe four mm-hmm. and you would see some, some absolutely crazy discrepancies and there were only one or two wedges that really did a good job of, of maintaining moisture. And now, you know, you, you still, you st- and you still see some bad ones. Yeah, I'm sure. Where, the, where the, where the, I mean, for example, the, one of the Vega wedges was, was really disappointing. Uh, and it tends to be smaller companies too, because they don't, right. you know, a lot of times, right. right. At least part of these designs are coming from the factory and there's not heavy R and D into not just right. grooves, but grooves as you know, managing moisture, not just mm-hmm. kind of dealing with grass, but actually channeling water away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those tend to be the ones that don't do well. So Tacoma did not do well for wet spin. Indie right. Golf did not do well for wet spin. Next Gen did not do well for wet spin. Um, and kind of look at the other end of the spectrum. Uh-huh. We know, you know the, the ping is has always been really good, not just at, at retaining or, or producing spin in wet conditions, but keeping that spin number reasonably close to the dry spin number and in some cases we've we've seen crossover and we we've explained this a little bit in the past actually seen higher spin rates for for some golfers in in a 50 yard test just kind of based on where where those fit on uh, launch and spin curves kind of a weird thing that happens but the clevelands now the clevelands which were never in the conversation for for wet spin right. have gotten really good. I've already mentioned the pain. Companies are paying attention to this, right? Taylor I mean, made mill grind really good. The Mizuno's good. Like it's, we've gone from having like, if you cared about such things and I, I've, I've always said you should care about this because right. there aren't many days where you don't have some sort of moisture, especially if well, you play early in the morning, this time of I year, was, my God, I, I was mean, just going to fairways are that. almost water hazards. I was just until ask 11 that, o'clock. Like, so, this whole idea that, you know, testing for wet versus dry, etc. How often, I mean, even when it's dry outside, unless you're playing in a place where it has been bone dry, and still, they water golf courses, right, in, in the most part, are you ever really playing a shot where some amount of moisture isn't involved in the golf shot? Even if it feels... Hey, it's warm. It's dry. The golf course still has moisture on it. Yeah, I mean there are some like I, for example, you know the rounds I've played in Arizona. For the most part, I don't think I would be too concerned about right uh, wet spin retention. But when you think about, I mean, think about the last time you and I played played together in Carlsbad. Like, would we yeah. tee off like eleven o'clock? Yeah, and Ish. I mean that was yeah. it was, and it was a nice day. 
Yeah. But the marine layer hadn't blown off, right? You know, as right. we as we learned from watching every tournament ever in in that area, um, right. it takes a while, and you know we we had to deal with it for the first half of the round. Now, yeah, by the time we made the turn, we probably could have been fine with any wedge. But yeah, I think I think it's one but of those things that absolutely matters. I think the reality is matters. it matters more than people think it does. I think. I think moisture is a component in in more golf shots than people probably assume that it is, even in relatively dry conditions. So to see that just across the board, more companies appear to be paying attention to this. We even saw, and maybe I'm not totally right here, but you can you can correct me. Maybe it was three, four uh, years ago. We saw, or maybe it was two years ago. We saw a, a noticeable improvement in wet wedge performance from. Even the Vokey line, which previously yeah, yeah, had and said, they, and they, yeah. "Hey, this isn't really something that is is something that we're dedicating a lot of resources to." But lo and behold, we're gonna we're later, gonna we quietly tested. make it better. And you remember, and I, I was yeah. remiss not to mention it before, but if you go back to, I believe it was last year's test, the the Cobra Snake Bite was absolutely mm-hmm. abysmal. Yeah, absolutely abysmal. And we you know we talked to Cobra a little bit about it, just confirmed some things with him. Yeah, and and this year it's uh, you know score is in our scoring system almost ninety. You know you could round yeah. up to ninety, eighty nine. So much much better. So much, much better. vastly improved. And so as much as as we've made this a talking point for the last several years, and, and I'm sitting here telling you it's important, right. we're getting to the point. We're not there yet because again, I'm I'm looking at some of these smaller brands for sure, and even some of the bigger brands. I think you know, Callaway was. The CB wedge, the CB, and again, that's not their premium, so I, I'm less concerned. But that wasn't great, so it's not, it's not a focus yet of of everybody. But it, it is right. getting to the point where you you can be less concerned about it because everybody has gotten better, and we're we're to the point where most of the major brands are actually really good. Yeah, maybe it not Ping Glide good, but but really good. Now it reminds me a little bit of. You know, I remember, God, this is, you know, okay, let's go back 20 years or whatever when Nike, and this is probably even before that, like Nike came out with like dry fit fabric, right? Where it's like, ooh, this whole idea of like moisture wicking like performance fabrics. And then another company kind of did it. And then maybe another did it. And fast forward to today, every company in any apparel space has performance fabrics. You don't have, heavy cotton golfers. Yeah, like it doesn't but that used to be the thing, right? Before this was even an idea and somebody thought it was important. Somebody thought, "Hey, maybe being able to take moisture off your body and cool your body down or whatever the case is, maybe that's this an important seems like thing a good explore. idea. Seems like an idea. Where could that possibly apply, you know? And and then like you said now, man. Yeah, you know, and you're starting like, "Hmm, not losing 60% of the spin on my wedge when it gets a little wet. That seems like a good idea, too. Let's let's try and but it keep takes most time, of that. Right? It takes time for these companies to figure out, okay, is it important? How important is it? Who knows about it? That, that's How key, too, we... because if if nobody knows there's a problem, if it's not being discussed, if you know the, the masses are blissfully under, unaware of a performance defect... Yeah, that's or golf ball perfect example, right? Yeah, golf ball perfect example. This is 
I think a perfect example where we are telling you and you've been saying this, hey, performance in multiple conditions for wedges is important. Dry, wet, etc. It's important. Now we can test it. Now we can see it. And now we have evidence that companies are going, you know what, you're right. And we're going to engineer and build around that. And the bar is being raised across the industry. And we're seeing better overall wedge performance. Again, Callaway, Cleveland, Titleist, TaylorMade, etc. The whole idea that companies in their press releases won't have something that speaks to wet wedge performance or that speaks directly to performance in multiple conditions or variable conditions or moisture management or whatever it is. And we, it's interesting because we've kind of, we've gone away to a degree from the wedge conversation being entirely about spin, right? Maximizing spin period to more nuance than, on, Hey, you know, these grooves are designed to spin really well on 35 yard shots or, or something like that. Some of those shorter shots where you realize like, wow, you know, that is important because as, as a guy, as, a, as an average golfer who misses more greens than I hit, I have a lot of those shots. So that that's going to be really important to me. And again, moisture, because again, it's almost always there. So that's that's important to me, not just, hey, if if you happen to be in a perfect fairway lie in dry conditions, this is going to spin a lot. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen some research that this says in a, in a perfect situation like that, a wedge without grooves is actually going to spin a lot. Uh, right. So it's, you know, we have right. seen, some, seen some grooves where I wonder if they've actually done more harm than good in those conditions. But but by and large, whether you buy a Mizuno, a Callaway, a Vokey, pick your brand, mm-hmm. they're going to spin really well or well enough on a full wedge shot from the middle of the fairway. You don't have to worry about right. it too much. It's But how many of those do you have in a round? How many full sand wedges from a fairway lie do you hit versus, mm-hmm. you know, what am I doing over from the rough and the heather and right. the f- from 35 to 50 yards out, whatever it happens to be. So it's, yeah, during our situational awareness is, is, is improved dramatically. Yeah. Just, I mean, during this last week, I, you know, we had time off and I was able to play a lot of golf, which was fun. And, and with wedges, it again became really, really clear to me. Like I ask my seven iron to do maybe three different things. What's my full yardage? what's maybe not quite full and Hey, I'm in trouble. I need to punch out, <laughs> you know, but I mean, you think about that, you know, throughout your bag, if you have 14 clubs, each of those 14 clubs is a pretty clear job description. And the list of tasks isn't really long. It's a couple different things, right? Maybe you hit out a little higher, a little lower. Okay, fine, whatever. But if my seven iron, I say, Hey, I need you for shots, generally speaking. It is your job. It's your turn to play when I need something that goes 170 to 185 yards at elevation for me. That's what I need you to do. Okay, great. Sand wedge, I need you to do everything from 110 yards to zero. And I need it in a bunker. I need it in rough. I need it this. Like, I might need to use you, Mr. Sand wedge, from zero yards to 110. So I need you to cover... More than a football field. Oh, and by the way, I also need you to do it off these lies and these conditions in sand, not in sand. Da 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 da. 
it's a different deal. It is. And, you know, we haven't even gotten into the world of grinds, right? Let's just exponentially make it more intriguing and to a degree complicated as well. But yeah, it's wedges are fascinating, man. Like there's, I think they're probably my, my favorite clubs just in terms of kind of the, the utility of them and, and all the things you can do with them. Mm-hmm. As you think about it, right. You've got typically four clubs that for most of us cover the last one fifty, Right. And, and even once you get even closer, this that he said, I hate the idea of a set of wedges, but that gap sand wedge lob wedge combination mm-hmm. and, and how you utilize different lofts and, and different grinds to make sure that you can hit absolutely whatever. And, and to go through all that trouble, like, all right, all yeah, that I, got trouble. A, <laughs> I got, I got something for really tight lies. I got all these, I can, I've built a, a, toolbox of wedges to make sure that I can hit out of whatever stupid position I put myself into. And then to think it could all go to hell because the grooves don't hold spin in wet conditions. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, what I'm glad everybody's getting better. Let's finish up with this one on the wedge testing. Like we said, accuracy, consistency, spin, and ball speed. Obviously we want to have enough ball speed. Ball speed isn't as, Large we don't actually, though. I, I confirm we do not score the ball speed, which I'm, that makes sense. But oh, good. I was going to ask we you just, about I, that. I mean, I we get the consistency between. You know, we, yeah. we basically get enough of the consistency out of the carry distance with the wedge yep. and the dispersion area. So, which makes sense. So we're, we pay attention to accuracy, consistency, and spin. Moving forward, what should people expect from us? Moving, you know, in in terms of wedge testing in the future. This was this year's test. Like I said we added. Wet wedge stuff, not that long ago. That was a major uh, change for us. Moving forward, how do you see this category of testing evolving? I think you're going to see us just be more detailed across the board, give you more information about how each product performed, or at least uh, we'll figure it out, but we're kicking around. This is loosely, like I've had one brief conversation. But the idea of give detailed descriptions, pros, cons, performance notes on let's say the top 10, whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be. And then, um, you know, the rest of the field misses the cut. So we'll just have a sentence explaining why each one missed the cut. That's my thought. I don't know if it's going to happen. If you yeah. like that idea, let us know. Uh, so kinda, yeah, we're going to try and get back to being a little more detailed. I don't want to yeah. say OG my golf spy, but you know, and, and we do have the wedge fitting guide out there. I would say, you know, we, we might want to. We do have the wedge fitting 101. I think that's. It's a good place to start if you're considering wedges, whether they're on this list or another list or whatever. And you're saying, hey, how do I get fit or what should I really be paying attention to? That's a great place to get started. But like, yeah, always, as always, ask us. Let us know if you have questions. We're happy to help out. But that's a, that's a nice document, a nice uh, uh, refresher. Even if you have been fit before, you just you know, want some context for what might make that fitting more useful for you. Take a look at that. And it's October. We're going to start talking about stuff for 2024 really soon. We're going to go see companies here over the next month. We got stuff to see, things to do, questions to ask. Oh, yeah. Time to get after it. So as always, getting, to be, getting to be that season. Let us know. 
Find us on the interwebs, Golf Spy T, Golf Spy C. Find us, follow us, ask us questions. Let us know what we can do to help. Until next week, we out.